Do you live in Memphis? Do you suffer from weekday boredom? Do you sit around on weeknights looking at your phone trying to find something to do? If so, ask your doctor about Cerrito Trivia. Well, actually, that might be a little weird. Instead, just stop playing on your phone and start inviting your friends to play Cerrito Trivia. It's more than just your average mind-numbing pub quiz. It's Trivia Night with questions and stuff you and your friends know and like. Featuring unique weekly themes including movies, music, 90s TV shows, current events, and more. All shows are free to play. For more information on locations, weekly themes, and drink specials, visit CerritoTrivia.com or like Cerrito Trivia on Facebook and browse the best team name Hall of Fame. And did you know Cerrito Trivia isn't just for bars and restaurants? Contact Cerrito Trivia at gmail.com to bring Memphis's most unique trivia experience to your next party, work function, rehearsal dinner, reunion, seminar, retreat, or special event. Cerrito Trivia is the perfect prescription for weekday boredom. Side effects may include wing prices, laughing out loud, high-fiving, eating mass quantities of delicious food, consumption of adult beverages, rock, paper, scissors, and spending quality time with friends. Now play Cerrito Trivia every Monday night in Germantown at Belmont Grill, every Tuesday night on Broad Avenue at Rec Room, and in East Memphis at Mellow Mushroom, every Wednesday night downtown at Tampa Tap, and every Thursday night on South Main at the Green Beetle and the Arcade Restaurant, CerritoTrivia.com. Play and Hurt Podcast, all head, all head. The Play and Hurt Podcast, all head. It's Play and Hurt, got CJ and Drew on the podcast, born in the game, so it's common to talk trash, highly opinionated, but they stay in the raw stats, they say the truth first, so if you sit to the fall back. The Play and Hurt Podcast, all head, all head. The Play and Hurt Podcast, all head, all head. The sports talk heavyweight, ring the bell, I can kick that knowledge like the heroes in the half shell. Welcome into another edition of Playing Hurt. I am CJ Hurt, joined alongside, as always, my good buddy, Drew Barrett. What's up, Drew? Man, I've been on my grind this week. It's It's been a tough week. Yeah, we need to talk off air about uh, what you told me yeah. at the beginning of Cerrito. Yeah, so I, uh, that, I, I, that was I, a big I can mistake, hear that story and figure that out. You know, I've been working, uh, I think, good like 13 hours a day like, this, throughout this week trying to pay some bills. Got a speed ticket over in Little Rock a couple of weeks ago. Yo, check this out. My license has been suspended since for 2013. What? It's been suspended for since three years. <laughs> and did not know it. What'd you do? Insurance or something like Nobody knows. Did you pay I don't your know. insurance? I don't, I don't, nobody knows. I called to try and figure out what I did. How'd you, like, how'd you, how'd you find out? I got pulled over. Uh-huh. I got pulled over and the officer said, yo, you know, your license is suspended. I said, No. Mm. He said, "Yeah, get that taken care of. We're not in the business of sending people to jail for my headlight. My tail light was out. Uh-huh. We're not in the business of sending people to jail over a tail light and proof of insurance. Just get that taken care of. Have a good day and sent me on my way." Did he, he was looking take it or anything? no. He was looking like he was after somebody else. Like he was look. They were uh, looking for somebody. Uh, I was about to. Say, I've um, gotten a ticket for for not being able to prove I had insurance. Yeah, I don't remember getting the ticket. Mm-hmm. That's a thing, and it's from way back in 2013. I. Got it taken care of this week, though. So your license is good. My license has been reinstated as of Thursday. Congratulations. No clue. You can now legally drive again. (laughs) I didn't know. Three years. Didn't know. Uh, You got a speeding ticket in Arkansas? A little. Yeah, right outside Everybody speeds to get out of Arkansas. I mean, (laughs) I was coming back from uh, Bentonville, up around Bentonville, to see a buddy of mine who just had a kid. Yeah. Um, And just wasn't paying attention. Speed limit switched from 70 down to 65, and... Cop pulled me over for going 87. So I still was so yeah, no matter what. <laughs> no matter what, I was still flying. Good grief. Hey, hey, you seen that Mustang. That thing can roll, baby. It can. It can. I believe it. I believe it. Uh, How was the... Where'd you go? Was I went to New Orleans. No, I went to New Orleans for okay. formal. Okay, how was that? Too much fun. Okay. Too much fun. Too much money. Uh, You know, I, I, I earned some beads. 
Nice. Threw some beads out. Nice. Got got had enjoyed just gonna say since I guess we can still say this is somewhat of a family show. Uh, I enjoyed myself on bourbon. There you go. Good, good, good. I like the way you worded that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a great show lined up. We're going to talk top five fictional basketball coaches of all time. Uh, the Grizzlies fin- finally hired a coach. I went out of town, came back. Drew went out of town mm-hmm. and came back, and then they hired a coach. Uh, so that's wonderful. Great for them. We'll discuss some of that a little bit and discuss our top five fictional basketball coaches. But first, you guys can follow me on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Con Radicalness on both of those sites. Drew, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter at dbarrett 36 and follow me on Instagram at dbarrett 1236 Doing any shows over... Yeah, eventually. Uh, eventually? Not sure, I'm not sure what day or when we're okay. even supposed to start. I think somebody up there started doing shows but nobody's really giving me a time or a day so i'm just like i'm just sitting here waiting around all right all right be sure to listen to us every saturday 11 mm-hmm. to 1 on sports 56 and 877 fm in memphis tennessee uh on cerrito live with the two producers mm-hmm. of cerrito live so give us a listen there as well all right so what inspired this list drew was the fact that the grizzlies didn't have a coach mm-hmm. at the time and it was like well Everybody's talking about all these realistic coaches. What about some of the the fictional coaches? Who would be a good fit for the way this team is built right now? And really, and then the thought went from there to, well, you know what? Who are the top five greatest fictional basketball coaches ever? There have been a lot of sports movies. Yeah. Too many to count. Wait. A fair number of them have been basketball related. Mm, I didn't realize how many non, how many basketball movies I haven't seen. Until yeah. I started doing trying to figure out research, and I'm like, I know I've seen at least five movies. I am. Uh, I don't know if I should be shamed to say anything like that, but I am not proud to say. We'll say it like that. Uh, I haven't seen Hoosiers. I haven't seen Hoosiers. I haven't either. seen Hoosiers. People are yelling at their TV, well, computer screens mm-hmm. or phone screens right now. Like, How you never seen Hoosiers? I, it's just miss my miss me. Entirely. I don't know if it's on Netflix. If it's on Netflix, I'll be sure to go watch it after this. Another movie I've been meaning to eventually watch was Blue Chips. Still haven't seen that. Hey, you got to watch Blue Chips. I know. Blue Chips. It's got Penny in it. How Blue could Chips I not have seen is it? great. We'll we'll discuss Blue Chips a little bit more. Foreshadowing. Oh, okay. We'll discuss that a little bit more here uh, a little bit later. Other movies that made our honorable mention list. Well, other fictional coaches mm. that made our honorable mention list. Uh, Reggie Theus from Hang Time. Okay. Never saw that. Never seen it. Kevin Cerrito said he's got to be on the list. So we'll put him on. And so the, we'll put him on the honorable okay. mentions list. Uh, other honor, Norman Dale from Hoosiers. Uh, Coach Carter for me is honorable mention. He's not on my list. Because he, I think Coach Carter is based off a true story. Mm-hmm. And so if it's based off a true story for my list, I didn't consider you a fictional coach. Uh, Jimmy Dolan, the heir up there. Anytime you can go and get a basketball recruit from Africa and bring him back over here to <laughs> dominate like that, you you go get the recruit, you train the recruit who's never played basketball, you teach him how to play basketball, and you bring him over here. I think you deserve to be honorable mention. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eddie Franklin from Eddie, Whoopi Goldberg, honorable mention. Did See, a great I've job. Never seen that one either. Did a great job coaching the New York Knicks. Uh, I do believe she's in. Uh. George Mason, if I'm not mistaken, his face at one point in time. 
giving them the business. Like, Ooh. yo, you need to play the way I'm telling you to play. Or catch these hands. It's going to be a misunderstanding. <laughs> uh, so she made the list as well. Honorable mention. Um, Yeah, those are the people. Ray McCormick. Forgot about Ray from Rebound. Martin Lawrence played uh, basketball coach. Uh, well, he's on my honorable mention. Oh, he's we'll, on my real list. Okay, we'll discuss that here and then a little bit more. Do you have any honorable mentions you want to throw out there? Nope, because apparently I have not seen that many basketball movies. That's okay. That is okay. Uh, so we'll get things started here. Drew, you want to go first? You want me to go first with number five? Uh, I'm going to go first. I'll go first. Uh, number five, I have Michael Jordan from Space Jam. You and I were trying to figure this out. Mm-hmm. We had a big debate about it earlier. I asked Kieran, unprovoked. Has she spe- seen Space Jam? She's seen Space Jam. She's seen a movie. Good she has seen a movie. Uh, she saw Space Jam, and I asked her, I said, well, yo, who's the coach? And she agrees with me. It's not Bugs Bunny. She agrees with me. It's Michael Jordan. Why is Michael Jordan number five on your list? Honestly, Michael Jordan is number five because he can't be higher than number five because he really didn't choose to be the coach. He was just kind of he was kidnapped, basically, by Bugs Bunny <laughs> and Daffy Duck uh, and was basically told, hey, you got to help us. Or we're going to be slaves on Moron Mountain. Right. And, you know, we're, we don't want to do that, obviously. Right. So you got to help us. Uh, we're not going to let you go basically until, you know, they win the game or until or after the game's over. I mean, he never even asked to leave, though, which is kind of weird. If you're kidnapped by a bunch of uh, cartoons, I feel like that's something I kind of want to get out of. What culture are you kidnapping, Drew? I'm not what kidnapping. Co- what I'm not kidnapping. are you going to kidnap? I'm kidnapping co- coach no coach. I'm just saying. Or coach the Tigers. You, you're not going to go to jail for doing it. Uh-huh. What coach would you kidnap to coach your favorite basketball team? Because hmm. I, I can't think of one. Maybe K? That's who I was probably going to say. Maybe Coach, coach K? K? Maybe Coach Cal? No. <laughs> Never again. No. That's not going to happen. He wouldn't be able to leave this time. <laughs> But the reason why, go back to Michael Jordan, the reason why he is obviously the coach in my mind above of what you think of Bugs Bunny is because he's the one that subs players in and out during the game. Right. He's the one before the game, he says, let's run some drills. Right. He and does get them to run he, practice, man. He tries to give a big halftime speech. That's what the coach does. Yeah. I hear you. So, I, I mean, that's three good arguments. That that very well is the case, and let's not forget that that squad they went up against oh, the monsters. They were monsters, <laughs> and they found a way to pull it off. Uh, Michael drew up the last play in the game, then, mm. too, right? Yeah, yeah, he did. He drew up the last play of the game. So you know what? After discussing it more in depth with you, I am going to lean your way. Now, keep in mind, folks, my list was made before I had this in-depth conversation mm-hmm. with Drew when we get a little bit later on on the list. Um, so just keep that in mind because I do have Bugs Bunny on okay. my list as a coach, and I'll explain why I had him on the list as a coach. Uh, for me, number five, coming in at number five for me, Coach Peterson from the critically acclaimed movie The Sixth Man uh, was not critically acclaimed at all. <laughs> in fact, let me get this quote here for you. Uh, movies like The Sixth Man are an example of level one thinking in which the filmmakers get the easy, obvious idea and are content with it. That is from Mr. Roger Ebert uh, when he is critiquing The Sixth Man. Because really, The Sixth Man, it was a terrible movie, mm-hmm. but it was so bad to me that it was good. 
I really enjoyed it. I found it funny. It's like it's like one of those movies that it's so stupid it has to be funny. Yes, it stars Marlon Wayans. I love Marlon Wayans and Kadeem Hardison. Mm. Excuse me, Kadeem Hardison. And so you know you got Marlon and the guy who played Dwayne Wayne in um uh, not School Days uh. A different world. Okay. You wouldn't know anything about that. That no, was way before your time. Uh, but yeah, so I, I really enjoyed watching the movie. And as a coach, sometimes you just have to kind of feel out mm-hmm. what's going on with your team and with your players. And I think, you know, when your team is being helped by a ghost, that makes that job that much more complicated. And Peterson does a great job of just going with the flow, not trying to figure anything out, mm-hmm. just playing the players and then letting uh, Kadeem's character uh, kind of help them out when necessary. He has no clue that mm-hmm. his team is being helped by a ghost, but he is out there making the subs like, yo, wait, this guy got to ride the hot hand. Mm-hmm. Who cares how the hand is hot? Who cares if it's the hand is hot because a ghost is helping them? You just send the hot hand out there and let, you know, fate decide or the ghost decide mm. rather. And so I think that that is a skill. Most coaches today, a lot of coaches today really want to be hands on and in control completely of what's going on on the court. I think that if you are able to kind of take a step back and, and let, you know, the players kind of decide mm. and just go with the flow and ride the momentum, I think that something should be said about that. And I really like the movie. It's one of my favorite sports movies ever. Even though Roger Ebert said, let's talk about how stupid this movie is. <laughs> is that how he opened it up the yeah, article? That, that's how he, he opened it up. Uh, let's not talk about how predictable it is. Let's talk about how dumb it is. That's how he opened it up. Whatever, Roger. I enjoyed it. So, uh, congratulations, Coach Peterson. You are on my list at number five. Drew, who's number four? Number four, well, when you first brought the topic to me, I like I said, I haven't seen that many basketball movies. And one of my favorite basketball movies is Glory Road. I know it's based on, obviously, real life. Uh, right. Don Haskins is a real coach. All those players were real people. But it's, pro- it's one of my favorite movies. And I, I think he deserves to be on... On a fictional movie list or a non-fictional movie list, either way, just because as a coach, you need a guy who can be able to bring different players from different backgrounds and and create teamwork. Yeah. And he was great at being being able to bring different types of people together and show them that hey, we have one common goal here. We're not multiple different types of people. We're not multiple people. We're one team. It's one goal. And was able to you know ultimately win the national championship. Is that your favorite basketball movie that you've seen? <sighs> it's one of them. I don't know if it's my favorite. Uh, it's probably it's probably in the top three. What what is your favorite? Because I, I saw you look it, well, at the list. Well, my my I mean, what t- what's your what's the favorite? favorite? What's it's later on the list. The favorite movie that it's doesn't mean on, that it's on the list. It, my favorite basketball movie is later on the list. Okay. I can't ruin it. All right, number four for me, Bugs Bunny. Bugs Bunny because he was the one that hit the recruiting trail hard to go recruit so Michael an Jordan. I, and so now that that's the thing, I was thinking. Because I had forgot Michael Jordan gave the speech. Mm-hmm. The the part of halftime I remember it's, is Bugs Bunny tricking everybody into Jordan being motivated with the Jordan secret stuff. And that's what coaches have to do. Mm-hmm. Coaches have to be able to motivate a team. Toon Squad, I, I'm going to look up the score here, but I don't think the Toon Squad had cracked 20 points. I think they were by down. Halftime? Yeah, about halftime. I think they were down like 4 to 100, mm-hmm. uh, if I'm not mistaken. Um, let me check out. Type in Toon Squad, Toon Squad box score. 
comes up. So we're going to discuss this box score. Has a box we score. have the Did box score down by quarter? for the game. Let's find out. I'm finding out with you, Drew. All right. Jordan dropped 44. A perfect 39 for 39. That a boy. Uh, he only scored here. 44 points. He's 39 for 39 and only scored 44. Yeah, that doesn't make sense, That's, huh? Uh, Cartoons, boy, I tell you like what. The uh, math doesn't really add up. There. No, wait, wait. The Toon Squad, excuse me. The Toon Squad went a perfect 39 for 39 oh, from the field. Geez. Jordan was a perfect 22 for 22. Well, okay. Uh, so he, he didn't shoot a single three? No. Huh? No free throws. No fouls. There were no fouls. Wow. <laughs> Repping was terrible. <laughs> oh, man. Bugs was five for five. Lola Bunny went four for four. Uh, Who else? Daffy Duck, two for two. Tasmanian Devil went two for two. Uh, Pepe Le Pew had, had himself he did. a point. He yeah, had a yeah, point. Nice little, uh, yeah, he was one for one. Nice little floater right there. He did. Kissed it off the rim. He did. I think that the Monstars, like, flesh piled him, and the ball just squirted out and into the rim, if I'm not mistaken. No, that was uh, the guy who's assistant. The the guy who plays Jordan's assistant. They squished oh, him. Oh, the dude from... And uh, he scored. Yeah. From Jurassic Park. Yeah, that guy. He scored. Pepe Le Pew, you know, did his skunk thing. And, you know, all and the monsters fell down. And they, finger rolled it in yeah. there. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Um, Yeah, it doesn't have breakdown by quarter or halftime. Mm. It doesn't. It just has. What was the final score, though? The final score. I don't know. I'm, I'm going to try and figure that out. But anyways, out of the way it goes, Bugs Bunny to me, because he motivated people or motivated uh the cartoon characters, mm. rather, to play better. I think that he should get some credit. He was the one who went out there and got Michael Jordan, so I give him credit for that as well. But like you so eloquently put it, coach is responsible for practice. Mm-hmm. Coach is responsible in game. Michael Jordan was making the subs during the game. He was he drew up the last play of the mm-hmm. game. He got them running drills and everything like that. So, okay, I will concede. Thank you. I will concede that Jordan is a coach, but on my list, Bucks was number four. Who's number three on your list? Number three, I did have uh, Roy McCormick. From rebound, you uh, had him on the list. I did. I had him. You had how to hit McCormick on the list. I did. Wow! Did was you not see shot? him kick the ball at the ref's head? I've seen the movie. Yes. Okay. It's not to me. It's not how a coach starts. All coaches, all coaches, all players—they all have a rough start. You know, you gotta get, got, gotta get the feel of it. You know, and from him coming from the top uh, college program in the country at Ohio Polytech, I think is the name of the school. <laughs> <laughs> to uh, a lonely middle school team that hadn't won a game in six years, you know he had, he had to get the feel of it. He had to he had to realize, okay, I'm dealing with a different types of six, of circumstances. You know, it's not all the same types of pressure as it was in college. I don't have to be that big old bad mean guy. And he was able to motivate these kids, and they went on to win state championship for middle school, which I had no idea existed. Um. So it wasn't the ref. It was the mascot. Yeah, he hit the hawk. He hit the hawk in the (laughs) while being tossed from the game. Um. Yeah, I don't know. And he falls in love. It depends on. Oh, great! Coaches in love. That really matters. Um, It matters to me. (laughs) Uh, what was I going to say? I'm a sucker for good luck. Oh, middle school state championships. They have those apparently. Do they? They didn't have those when I was in middle school. I don't think. I know they have city championships Mm. for middle school. Yeah. Nashville did. Mm. 
I, I guess did. going to a small well, private school, school in the and, middle of and nowhere. Ninth and freshman ball, you mm-hmm. had city championships. Um, See, we, I don't even know if there was a freshman ball or anything. We had, we had, we obviously had JV, yeah, and varsity, but yeah, no, the way we were set up, and everybody, everybody should, but everybody doesn't. Mm-hmm. Um, but the way we were set up over at Montgomery Bell Academy, uh, we had a ninth grade team, a junior varsity team, and a varsity okay. team. Um, really. And and there were a lot of schools in Nashville set up that there are a lot of schools in Nashville set up that way. Real quick story about that. I knew well, I didn't know him personally, but we played MLK, which is a magnet school, and in Nashville. And at the time, it was a great basketball program. Mm-hmm. But it was well, their freshmen were great. Their freshmen were so good that they also played junior varsity and varsity. They're the same so, team. Played three so different. They had three players who did. So here's how it worked. Their because you can only play six quarters, right, uh-huh. in a given day. Um, so they would come, let's say it was a freshman game, they would play two freshman quarters, one JV quarter, and three varsity quarters. And that would be how it would work. Mm-hmm. And so that's how they would get their six quarters in. And it was wild. That's a lot me. of basketball. Yeah, well, well, I did that. You I played, played all three? I played uh, sophomore year. I played JV and varsity. Uh-huh. And the way it would work is I would play two JV quarters and then play all four, all four of the varsity quarters. It got real ridiculous in the summertime, though, mm-hmm. with the summer camps, because there is no regulation on that. So we would do, like, team camps. Yeah. I would play JV games and varsity games. So I'll be running back and forth from the small gym to the big gym mm-hmm. to play in both games. And so I think varsity played three games a day. JV played three games a day. Well, I would play three games for, like, three days. So I would play 18 games in Dang. three days. Yeah. That's a lot of basketball. It is. And I'm not any better at it. <laughs> I mean, it's a miracle you didn't tear something yeah. playing that many games a day. Young. Mm-hmm. Young. I played one day, I played seven basketball games. AAU ball, somebody didn't show up. A team just didn't show up. And my AAU coach said, Yeah, we'll play all their games. And we played an NBA series <laughs> in one day. Ridiculous. All in the name of getting better. Uh, wait, so we're on my number three now, yeah, right? Yeah, you're number three. Pete Bell from Blue Chips. Need gotta to love it. it. I gotta, gotta, watch gotta watch it. Anytime you can bring in recruits like Shaq and Penny mm-hmm. and uh, Chris Mullen, yo, you're doing something right there. So to set it up for those of you who hadn't seen it, Pete Bell is a basketball coach, a college basketball coach at that. And he's in hot water. He was successful at one point in time. Mm-hmm. Now he's struggling to be successful. The, the, he is firmly on the hot seat. The seat is scalding hot. Yo, mm-hmm. if you don't do something special this year, don't worry about coming back <sighs> next year. And what does he do? He hollers at some boosters mm-hmm. who, who have been wanting to, um, encourage players to come to the university by monetary payments. Ooh. He says, you know what? Y'all do what y'all do. Don't tell me what you're doing. I'm turning a blind eye to it. Uh, so basically, does what every basketball coach nowadays does. Yeah, pretty much. I think Chris Mullins' family was uh, going to lose the farm or needed mm-hmm. a tractor or something like that. And so the the boosters shipped in and got him that. Shaq's family needed something. Penny's family needed something. The boosters shipped in and took care of them. And uh, lo and behold, he gets these three studs. And... They go on to win the national championship, mm-hmm. and I do believe he tells on himself and says, "Listen, I'm not, I'm not proud about this moment. Uh, I didn't do it the right way," and just walks out. 
And he tells so, on himself? I think so, if I'm not mistaken. But now, now you got to go watch I gotta it. I got to watch it. But he may not tell on himself. Well, don't you never say. know. Uh, I, I mean, you can't ruin it for me. I, I will. I will no longer speak about the movie. Um, but yeah, so that is that's that a great is movie. he number two because of his honesty? He's number three because number of three. his ability to recruit and and manage personality. Well, I mean, honestly, if the boosters are paying, it really wasn't his ability to recruit, was it? Well, you got to get the boosters to to buy in, mm, and you got to get the recruits to buy in also. True. So there's there's that element to it. And again, he's a national champion. A national champion mm-hmm. at head coach. As a head coach. So that's that's got to account for something, right? Yeah, I guess. I'll, t- I'll give you that. So yeah, so hats off to him. Uh, Nick Nolte is also in the movie. Uh, it's a great movie. I think everybody should watch it. And speaking of people paying players, how about them... How about Mississippi? Them, how about them rebels? Them, them Mississippi rebels. How about that stuff going on? I, the one thing about the whole thing, situation, I do have to give them credit for you know being able. They had until I think Sunday to release it, and then Baylor gave them this huge gift of their of their all their problems to just kind of drop it in there under the radar. Even yesterday when it was announced, even people here at this station were talking more about Baylor. Right. Um, which you know what what happened at Baylor is equally, if not worse, uh, than what went oh, down. Oh wait, wait, wait! wait. I, I, it's definitely worse. Yeah, okay. It's worse there than what happened at, at down at Ole Miss. Um, but for Ole Miss, this was something we all knew was I at least I knew that it was going to come out eventually. You don't go from where Ole Miss was hiring Hugh Freeze a first time, a first year head coach, and all of a sudden first year FBS head coach. Uh, he had Arkansas State you're experience. Right, you're right. He did have Arkansas State experience. He also coached at Briarcrest down the road too. Coach at Union and Union. Or wait, what was the other one that they shut down in Jackson? Lambeth. Union. Lambeth. Shut down. He was at he Lambeth, coached, not he Union. Went Lambeth. from Briarcrest to Lambeth to Arkansas State to, Miss, to, uh, to uh, Mississippi. Yeah. So you don't have. You, there's no way you go from a middle to bottom pack of the SEC and bring in this first year head coach and all of a sudden roll out three top ten recruiting classes. Mm-hmm. That doesn't happen. And there's no way you you get you get these guys from uh, like um, Treadwell from Chicago. Mm-hmm. There's no way you pull him out 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 of, out of Big Ten country without you know money and convince a guy who's I mean, and, and let's face it, Mississippi has a reputation. I mean, I don't know if I if I was someone outside of if I didn't live this close to Mississippi and I was someone say from Virginia, New York, uh, up in Michigan, I would ever really want to go down and play anything down in the state of Mississippi. Right, right, and it's without so, without extra benefits. Here, here is my stance on. Everything I think players should be paid. I, I think don't. they should be given benefits, extra benefits. And so when things like this pop off, I say kudos to the university. Well, kudos to the coaches and the boosters mm-hmm. for paying the players. If the university and NCAA won't do it, somebody has to do it. As long as the money is clean, as long as it's not they, they dirty money. They get enough money as it is already within fi- within the rules. No, they don't. No. We, uh, on Thursday. Go ahead. On or. Yes, on Thursday, uh, during Wallow and Peter, I was producing the show, and um, they had the financial head of financial aid from the University of Memphis. 
Okay. So the way it works out with a full ride plus, you know, pale grants and all the other things that these athletes can get, basically the way it comes out, out you have about an extra, I think it was between an extra 150 and $200 a week okay. of spending money. I work two jobs mm-hmm. over 45, 50 hours a week. And after I finish paying for things, I may have a hundred dollars left. Okay. So how is how is that not enough money for them to live on? If I if I it's, am over here busting my butt working so many hours, why can't and and can make it and still be fine living off of what I have? Why can't they? They can they they're, can. they're not. And I but mean, listen, listen, they can, but. It's not enough, Drew. How much money are they bringing into their university? UCLA just signed $280 million contract for apparel, mm-hmm. for, for just apparel. That, that added, that came out to about $18.5 million per year on top of the $25.1 million a year they're getting from the Pac-12. On top of ticket mm-hmm. sales, on top of concessions, on top of all that other stuff, right? So the universities that this is just UCLA. This is the only example I'm using. Mm-hmm. UCLA bringing in about fifty million dollars because of student athletes. You can't you can't divide three million of that up amongst the student athletes. Three million more because it's not it's not hurting the school the, the, to just let kids let the athletes in there. At one point in time, the you can't let. I enough. mean, you can't At let them go to time, school for free. I mean, at one point in time, the the scholarships were enough. Mm-hmm. At one point in time. So why isn't it now? If it was because good enough so 20 much, years ago, why isn't it Because so much now? money is coming in now. There is still plenty of money coming no, in. No, no, no. Drew, it wasn't. Don't. I know, it wasn't. I know not with the TV deals and the apparel okay. deals and all of that all stuff. Right. Yes, schools are making more money. Okay. But the foundation of it, the ticket sales, the uh, all the money you make off, the university makes off concessions, uh, posters, what, get, programs, whatever you want to count, it's still basically the same amount as it was 10, 20 years that ago. That stuff is is. is not the same amount 10, 20 years ago. I don't think. I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd have to check into that. But there's so much more money out there that everybody else is bringing in. Mm-hmm. So if you're bringing in that much more money, you should divide it up amongst the student athletes. You should. If you go from bringing in $15 million a year to bringing in $50 million mm-hmm. a year, yo, you can't It goes spare. to paying for other things. It goes for advancing education which is what the university is there to do. It's not as much as we in the sports media and, and fans of the sports world want to pretend that a university is there for our entertainment and our for our favorite teams. It's there for people to get an education. And when a program like a football program goes out and makes more money, it should be used for the base, for the real reasons universities are even there, for education and developing young men and women to be the best they can be and for this country to be the best that it can be with high educated members of society I hear what you're saying but the university can bring that if the the university's not bringing that money in those athletes are bringing that money in and if you don't want us to view it as fans like yo this is just entertainment based then stop marketing it as such stop but, signing these lucrative deals and stop keeping them away from the student athletes here's another here's another point about why it's not it's not the student athletes that that I'm not paying mo- I'm I'm not paying money because I like right. this certain kid because from where he came from I like him because he plays for my team right. I'm not paying to see him I'm paying to see my team my university my school it's it's not like professional 
professional players where people are say, "Oh, I'm a LeBron James fan," or "Oh, I'm just a Tom Brady fan." Right. It's in college. It's not like that. You, you know, it's not like anybody was like, um, "I'm a goodness gracious." I'm trying to. It's not like you know they they were just Paxton Lynch fans. Right. Or they weren't just Lamry Tunsil fans. They right. weren't just. Um, Oh, who's my boy? Uh, uh, Ezekiel Elliott fans. Okay. They were Ohio State fans or Memphis fans, Mississippi State fans. You're a fan of the university because players come in and out so fast in college. So, you know, the longest there can be there is four years. So I'm not paying my money for that kid, for that one kid. I'm paying my money to see my university and hopefully to see my university succeed and thrive. If there, I'm, if not, that kid- I'm not paying for him. I'm paying for the brand. If that kid's not there, that brand doesn't exist. They work to build the brand mm-hmm. that is the university. And so that that is the thing, right? We all cheer for the university, but let's not make it seem like if that kid wasn't there, we wouldn't be cheering. Mm-hmm. You know, and But I wouldn't specifically people, just still follow that people, kid. Certain people have star power. Certain there are stars in college. Mm-hmm. There are. Johnny Manziel immediately comes to mind. Reggie Bush immediately comes to mind. Mm-hmm. RG three. Jameis Winston, Marcus yep. Mariota, like Charles Wilson. There are legit stars in college football. There are, and, and in college basketball, when you sit down and think about it, mm-hmm. and that drives the revenue. It does. And for, I guess my whole thing is, for the universities to hide behind the term student-athlete, I think is wrong, and I think that they should be getting paid. And Technically, I don't, they I don't still are anything. because, I mean, there's so many th- – there, when a student athlete gets a full ride and then gets pale grants and other things on top of that that are completely within the rules, with legally within the NCAA rules, they're still coming out ahead. It's not like they're they, breaking even. They're coming out ahead. They should get more. They should. Uh, how did we get on this from fictional coaches, Drew? Because we were talking about Ole Miss. Players. Oh, blue chips, because he blue was paying players yeah. in blue chips. And my computer stopped. <laughs> black. Apparently, my computer doesn't agree with me. He okay. thinks student athletes uh, should be paid as well. Of course he does. Um, Where are we at now? Number uh, two number on your two. list. Yeah. Uh, luckily, I do have it written down on Good. a piece of paper. Good. Uh, my number two is Coach Wagner from Like Mike. Oh, really? Yes. He should have made my honorable mentions. I forgot about Like Mike. Yeah, great movie. Got to ride. Got to ride my man with the Mm -hmm. shoes, man. Mm -hmm. Coach Wagner is on my list at number two because of how much he cares about his players. He cares about Calvin. He's not just a publicity stunt as the GM and the uh, people in the PR department would like you to believe. No. Coach Wagner, he cares about Calvin. He tries to send uh, potential parents to uh, adopt Calvin, even though his uh, guardian at the orphanage doesn't want him to because then, you know, obviously he doesn't get Calvin's money. Mm -hmm. So he cares, and he was able to see what what great pair Calvin and Tracy, or Tea Time, as Calvin likes to call him. Tea Time. Tea Time, were before they could see it themselves, and eventually Tracy adopts Calvin, and it wouldn't have been that way without Coach Wagner. Shout out to Coach Wagner. Number Putting th- families together. Putting them together. Number two on my list, Coach Cooper. Hanging with Mr. Cooper. Mark Curry, the greatest Golden State Warrior of mm-hmm. all time is Mr. Cooper. I don't care what anybody does. I don't care how many threes Steph Curry hits in a game in a year in his career. It is Coach Cooper, baby. Gotta love him. 
Gotta love that show. Gotta love what he was able to do with that high school program in Oakland. Mm -hmm. Taking them from bottom feeders to respectable by the time the show was over. And it, it probably helped that he had high school kids who have been there the duration of the show. <laughs> when clearly they probably should age and probably should graduate. Probably. But no, they just keep coming back. And there's no eligibility requirements. How many seasons were there? I don't know. I need to check that out. Let me check on that. Uh, but yeah, so I love me some hanging with Mr. Cooper. Uh, and I think that Mark Curry or Mark Cooper. Mm-hmm. It should be definitely on everybody's top five fictional basketball coach list. He is definitely on my, uh, let's see here. How many seasons? Season, five seasons? Five seasons. Five seasons. Maybe they all started as eighth graders. Maybe. <laughs> five seasons. Maybe they redshirted a year. Who Maybe knows? In high school. <laughs> five seasons of that. Raven Simone was on that show. Really? Don't forget. Yeah, Raven, okay. Young Raven was on that show. It was Since right after her. Uh, stint on Cosby. It was right after her stint on the Cosby okay. Show. Right, right after that, and right before that, so Raven popped off. Love that, so Raven. I was yes. a fan of that show on yes. Disney. Yes. All right. Uh, before we get to our number ones, real quickly, here are the basketball movies uh, on Netflix. All of them? Yes, because it's not a lot. Uh, Lynn Sanity, Hoop Dreams, One Hundred to One, Nowitzki, The Perfect Shot, Bad Boys, Winning Time. Nash, no crossover. Benji, I hate Christian Leitner, Iverson, and underdogs. I think there is one more. Note to self. Note to self is another one. Uh, are the basketball diaries on here? Nope, basketball diaries are not. And uh, this magic moment uh, it should be on there. The thirty for thirty because I watched it on Netflix. Okay, unless they already took it off. They might. They may have taken it off. Maybe. But anyway, so. Those are your movies on Netflix. Drew, your number one coach is? Number one coach. It's This is my second player slash coach on my list. Number one from Flint, Michigan. The head coach. Gotta do it. Gotta do it. And player of the Flint, Michigan Tropics. Gotta, Jackie Moon. Da, gotta be Jackie Moon. Jackie That's my Moon. number one also. So, why did Mr. Moon make your list? He is honestly the best promoter ever. Jackie Moon wrestles a bear. <laughs> Jackie Moon jumps 20 cheerleaders. Yes. Jackie, you went he didn't even clear. <laughs> he didn't even. <laughs> he oh, is man. the best promoter. He knows how to get fans in the stands. Now, does he know how to coach? No. Does he know really how to play basketball? No. But he, hey, he helps invents the greatest, one of the greatest plays in sports, the alley-oop. He listens to his players, mm -hmm. and he allows them to be creative. That is how the alley oop. Uh, no, his alley oop came because his because remember he got knocked in the head and like almost died and went up to heaven and saw his mama. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember yeah, yeah. he saw he, "I Love Me Sexy" from his mama, <laughs> and she told him about the alley oop. The alley oop. Uh, but no, he he ends up listening to Onyx. Harrelson. Yeah, Woody Harrelson. Yeah, if I'm what's not mistaken, Onyx. I think is his name. Yeah, got to look that up. But, yeah, so he's listening to him. He lets him take control of the team from a, a coaching a, mm -hmm. and an X's and O's standpoint. How many times did we knock Josh Passner for not having an X's and O's guy he could defer to? Jackie Moon had one. He deferred mm -hmm. to him. He did. He did. I it mean, was clearly Jackie Moon's team to coach. Yeah. But he deferred. He went out. He's like, yo, you're an X's and O's guy. I will defer to you. And a former NBA champion with the Boston Celtics. And a former NBA champion 
with the Celtics. What was his name? You got it pulled up? Monix. Monix? It was. That was Woody Harrelson's character? Yeah. Who was the really good one? The one that they actually traded to the Spurs at I don't the know. end? Oh, uh, Andre 3000's character. Yeah, what's his... What's his name? You got it pulled up. I got the uh, full cast right here, but it's some reason his name. Why, why are you? Why would you not see Clarence? There it is. Clarence. There it is. Clarence. He caught the oop. Yeah. He caught the oop. Jackie, guys, got to go watch Coach Jackie Moon coach because uh, it is great. It's, it is high quality. Mm-hmm. Not only is he the coach, but he is the player and the GM mm-hmm. and, and the owner and the owner. He wears so many different hats. He was LeBron James before LeBron mm-hmm. James was LeBron. Oh yeah. James. <laughs> Oh, that does it for our top five list. He made, he made the greatest decision of getting that X and O's, guys, for trading a washer and dryer. Yo, anytime you can parlay a washer and dryer into an X and O's coach and the, what, second or third best player on your mm-hmm. team, that's a great trade. to you. Chris Wallace, take some notes. Everybody take some notes. Mm-hmm. That's how a coach and GM is supposed to do it, Doc Rivers. <laughs> Got to pay attention to that. Uh, Drew, run through your top five again. All right, top five. Starting at number five was Michael Jordan in Space Jam, John Hackins uh, for Glory Road. Uh, wow, man. Wait, I got my list messed up here. Oh, I'll go through mine. Oh, uh, wait. Oh, right, yeah. Warren McCormick in Rebound, Coach Wagner, like Mike, and Jackie Moon in Semi-Pro. My number five, Coach Peterson from Six Man. Bugs Bunny from Space Jam was four. Number three, Pete Bell from Blue Chips. Number two, Mark Cooper from Hanging with Mr. Cooper. And number one, Jackie Moon. That does it for us, guys. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. We'll talk to you next time. For Drew, I'm CJ. Be good. Have a wonderful and blessed day.